Please turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And uh, we've been doing a series on kingdom dominion. Amen. And uh, we're using the text in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And let me begin there, where the Apostle Paul writes, and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. I want you to notice that the Apostle Paul is literally begging. You know, the word beseech is literally saying, I'm begging you. Okay, do you know why he's doing that? Because people don't want to do this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> can I get amen? Some, oh, come on, can we be honest? I don't want to see halos today. I just want honesty. All right. It says, <laughs> I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I want you to notice that you present your bodies. It is something that we do. Amen. And we, you know, this is not us trying to sacrifice everything and throwing ourselves on the altar and all the rest of it. Notice it says a living sacrifice. This is something that is voluntary. This is something that you do from your heart. And it doesn't, it, now, uh, let me just say this as well. I, I'm just feeling impressed to say this. This isn't about somebody forcing you to do this. Did you hear me? If you are forced to do something, then it's not coming from your heart. And that is not a living sacrifice. That's just a sacrifice. That's hurtful. <laughs> I was going to use another word, but that's a very Sri Lankan word. I won't go there. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I want you to notice he says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And I want you to notice it's holy and acceptable. Amen? Um, and he says unto God, which is your reasonable and literally spiritual service. This is a spiritual service. This isn't something that you do and you so you know, people that kind of skip a meal and go, well, I'm fasting. You're not fasting. You're just skipping a meal. Okay? <laughs> There's a difference. Listen, when you're fasting, your, your heart and your eyes are on God. Do you hear what I'm saying? If your eyes and your heart are not on God, eat. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you know, you're not fasting. Don't kid yourself. And then don't go hungry and go fat and go, God, I'm not fasting anymore because the more I fast, the fatter I get. Because, you know, after that comes everything else. Hallelujah. You know, you eat everything inside. Who can relate? Okay, anyway, this is not my message today. Let me get, stop pulling. Let me get on with this. Verse 2, okay. He says, and be not conformed to this world. And this is really where we want to get to. He's telling us now that, it, when you offer your body as a living sacrifice, this is where you, you, know, you steal your body long enough to do the next part. Every single one of us grew up in this world. We were told certain things, we were trained a certain way, and we believe that. And suddenly to be told something different is a lot. To have to change our heart and change our mind. And that's the reason why I'm going through all of this, to help you get from you know, here to there. Okay? And he says, watch this, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now notice that there's a transformation that takes place when you renew your mind. And I want you to notice what that results in, that you may prove what is that good and accept acceptable and perfect will of God. So how do we get to the place where we transform? How do we get to the place where, you know, we go from a place, of, and remember I said to you, the, you know, my job as far as I'm concerned, okay, is to get you to the place where you can believe. There is something on the inside of you that God put there that allows you to overcome everything in this world. And we've taken that and made it something childish. You know, oh, that kid will believe anything. And, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like a fairy tale thing. 
And, you know, it, it, we, we say it with that kind of attitude of, oh, one day they'll grow up and find out what the real world is like. Can I just say this? What's in there can change the real world. Did you hear what I said? But, see, the whole thing is if you don't believe, the thing won't work. And the thing that we've been taught is that we don't have control, that we don't have that power, that we are under circumstances. We are never to be in control of them. Do you hear me? And the transformation is for you to understand that you can be, go from a place of being under the circumstances to being above them and literally changing them. Are you all here? I know some of you are choking on this, but let me just say this. This is why I'm here. My job is to take you to that place and show you how to get there. Your job is to do the stuff I tell you. <laughs> okay? Listen, man, my job isn't to find out and then do it for you. I can't do it for you. Just as much as I can't tell you, you know, I'll eat a meal for you. Oh, yeah, you go. <laughs> Can I get it? <laughs> okay? No, and, and that's a good thing. But, you know, but let, me, let me tell you this. There are things that you have to do. I can't do push-ups and you get muscles. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I can tell you what to do. I can show you what to do. But at the end of the day, you have to do that. Can I get amen? Okay, all right. So how do we do this? Let me go back to um, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. I know we covered this last week, so I'm racing through this. Watch the video. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's begin there. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, because this, is, this sets a precedent. This helps us to establish something. And this is where the, 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 the Lord speaks to Joshua. Okay, God speaking here. And he, Joshua is in a very bad position right now. He's in a place where he's surrounded by enemies. Every side he looks, there's danger. He is following somebody like Moses. I said all this to you last week, but I just want to reiterate some of these things. It's a hard act to follow. You know, Moses. Oh, with me, I mean the plagues, the dead, you know, the sea rolling back. I mean, those are things that are difficult to do, man. I mean, how do you follow that? And so he's coming, and there's a whole rebellious bunch of people behind him. You all know what I mean? Parents, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but he's got, <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church. He's got a whole lot of, you know, he's, he's got all these problems. And I want you to notice what God doesn't say. God doesn't say, listen, man, keep your eyes on me. I'll go fight your battles for you. Don't you worry about it. I want you to notice what he says. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I think that's very strange that he said your mouth. You know, normally we'd say don't let it out of your sight, but he says don't let it out of your mouth. In other words, he's trying to tell us you need to have something in your mouth. You need to be saying something that agrees, bless you, that, ag <laughs> that agrees with what I'm saying. See, one of the problems that we're having is that we're not in agreement with God. We want to say what we feel and what we think, regardless of what God says, and then we, we expect Him to act on our behalf and do amazing things while we're saying something else. How can you do that? You can't do that because there's one thing that is greater than God. <gasps> oh, don't. <laughs> Everybody move. He's going to get struck down by lightning. Do you know what it is? It's your will. Did you know that your will can override everything that God wants to do for you? Do you all know that? God did everything to save you, and you can still say no and go to hell. That's not me swearing. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm just telling you the truth. 
You know, that's, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the power that you have in your hands? Some people say, oh, everybody's destined to either go to heaven or hell. I honestly don't believe that because that's not the way God created us. It's your choice. You make a choice. If I was God, I said this to you before, and will wasn't the thing. As soon as Jesus died, you know, my only begotten son, I would have made everybody get saved. Honestly, I wouldn't have asked. I would have gone to I said, get saved. No, get saved. No, get saved. Assigning a, you know, an angel to you to keep slapping you over the head until you get saved. <laughs> okay, I would have, you know, I'm, I'm just letting you know. But that's not how God did this. Your will is that important. And we need to understand that that's why it says the Lord works with us. He doesn't work in spite of us. He works, he works with us. Amen? Anyway, back to this. And notice he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. In other words, you'll get revelation. You'll get insight. You'll understand what to actually do in a situation. But only if, you have the, if you've taken time to put something in. Nothing in, nothing out. You all know that principle, right? All right. And he says, for then, watch this, and this is what's so extraordinary. He said, for then, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Did you get that? Notice he says, you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. In other words, if you do this, I'm guaranteeing you that things will work out. You make sure that they, <laughs> I think this is extraordinary. I, again, like I said, if I was God, I would have said, you do all of this and I will make your way prosperous and I will give you good success. He doesn't say that. I need you to see this family because there's a part that we play in it. Yes, God is involved. Absolutely God is involved. If he isn't, we're in big trouble because we are fighting an enemy that we can't see. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, as Ephesians chapter 6, all right, uh, you know, and rulers and all of that stuff in, you know, in those heavenly places. And there are unseen foes that are attacking us constantly. But can I say this? Unless we get into line, unless we begin to do the things that we know to do and we need to do, then God can't do the things that he can and will and wants to do. Amen. See, that's the other thing, you know. I think sometimes people don't know that God actually does want to do this. God isn't there. See... Please, if you are one of those people that think that God's trying to teach us lessons, don't stop. Just stop. He's not out to make your life miserable. He's out to give you life and life more abundantly. But you need to do some things in order for him to do that in your life. And if some silly preacher gets up and says that God's testing you, God's trying you, and God's doing all these things, then you won't expect him to do good in your life. Do you hear me? And then the enemy begins to win. Because that's the one lie he's been trying to sell ever since the beginning. Are you all with me? Because if you believe it, you can have whatever you believe. Okay. Racing through. Still, let me catch up. All right. So, <laughs> we <laughs> so one thing we learned is that this is one way of taking the Word of God off the page. Remember I, I said to you that this is about turning knowledge into power. This is one way that you can take the Word off the page and put it in your heart, receive a revelation and a power to go with that and begin to change the things around you. Amen? And that's what the, uh, the, the Lord says to Joshua here in no uncertain terms. Proverbs 4 verses 20 through 22 uh, 22 was another thing that we looked at very quickly. I'm racing through this. Okay, was that when, when um, the, the writer of Proverbs says, My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Notice he says, 
Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them. Health to all their flesh. I, I did this last week. Watch the video. Okay. So <laughs> but I want you to notice a couple of things here. Notice first in Joshua, we found out one way of taking the word and putting it into your heart and making it, uh, I, I don't know how else to say this, but generate power. Okay. But through your mouth. Here we find that you can actually read. Let them not depart from your eyes. Did you see this? All right. And he says, incline your ear unto my saying. So eyes and ears are another way into your heart. So these are different ways that you can meditate, focus on, keep your attention on. I'm trying to give you words that won't freak you out. Okay. Keep your attention on what God is saying. That's all meditating is. You all know it's not some Eastern thing. Okay. They stole it from us. Okay. I want to take it back. Anyway. First uh, Timothy 4.15 gives us one more way of meditating, and that is for those that don't like to either, you know, who, who aren't pre, um, predisposed to reading, listening, or mumbling. Okay, you are more intellectual. You like to rotate things in your brain. This is a scripture for you. The word meditate here means to revolve in your mind. He's, the Apostle Paul writes and says, meditate on these things. He says, in other words, revolve in your mind. Imagine these things. You use your imagination for that reason. And he says, give yourself entirely to them. I want you to notice, you don't half give yourself to these things. You give yourself entirely to them. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, this doesn't work halfway, family. You either believe or you don't. There's no trying in this. That's, that's where the religious world, you know, even, it's sad to say, some scholars, you know, they get up and say, well, I tried that thing and it didn't work. Why? Why did you? Don't you believe God when he says something to you? You know, in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, which we're going to look, look at today, you know, Jesus says, therefore, I say unto you. And then we decide if we're going to believe what he therefore said to us. Don't do that. Don't do <laughs> Don't disrespect him that way. If he says, I'm telling you this, you need to see him telling you that, and then you need to follow through. You're with me. If you want him to, man, if this thing is to work, then we need to be this way. So let me continue on. Okay. One of the things that I said also last time, and we're getting there, in Isaiah 40 and verse 31, remember those who wait on the Lord. When you meditate, you're literally waiting on the Lord. And I want you to notice that, watch what comes with that. He says, those who wait on the Lord, can I add this word? Those who meditate upon those who keep their eyes on the Lord, okay, shall renew their strength. Now, let me, I, I didn't bring this out last week, so I'll slow down for a second here, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I don't know if this is slow or not. I don't think I have a speed button on me. Anyway, okay, I want you to notice it says renew their strength, with, which means that this is when you were strong and along the way because of whatever the situation you're in or whatever, you know, circumstance that you've grown weak. You're not a weak person. There are no weak people in the kingdom of God. Swallow that pill. Did you hear what I said? There, there are no such things as weak people in the kingdom of God. These are the... Th no, I said a whole other sermon. I, need, <laughs> I just want you to see something here that he says that whatever strength you have, if you lose it along the way, for whatever reason, that you can renew your strength in this way. Are you all with me? So notice it's not giving us strength. It's renewing our strength. Oh, hallelujah. You start in a place of power, seated with Christ in heavenly places. You start there. Now, if you lose your way down here, get back there. Amen? All right. He says, this, uh, 
Again, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. In other words, that's how you see yourself. You need to see yourself not as some little chicken running around here on the ground, but as an eagle that actually flies above the problems. Amen. See, there's something about an eagle that's different, man, to all the other birds. When they see a storm coming, they hide. The eagle goes, oh, this is a great time to soar, to get up there and use all the wind to keep me flying without flapping. So while everybody else is freaking out, they're having a great time. That's you. If you've been flapping under the circumstances, lock your wings. Go up further, lock your wings, and have a good time. And, you know, how does the Bible put it? You know, it's kind of, stand back and watch the deliverance of God. I mean, watch God work, man. I mean, there are sometimes he'll just say, I've got this. But don't expect him to say that all the time. Amen. He doesn't want a bunch of babies. I know, that's why people don't come to this church. Okay, I, I force you to grow up. Okay. <laughs> Romans 8.37. I want you to notice the Apostle Paul. This is what allows us to say this. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. I think it's tremendous that he didn't say we are conquerors. He said we're more than that. Boy, I tell you, when we're done with it, I mean, we wipe the floor with the enemy. You know what I'm trying to say? That, you know, <laughs> I gave you the example when, you know, when a team beats another team, you know, six to four or something. You know, or, or say 10 to 4 or something. Okay, you could say they conquered them. But dear Lord, when they beat him like 60 to nothing, that was more than a conqueror. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay? So I need you to see that because I'd, I don't want you to get in your mind this Eastern kind of thinking that has this yin and yang. And, you know, there's equal black and equal white. That's just all their drawings. It's not real. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? The God that you belong to is so much greater than everything else. In, in fact, in our Easter service, you know, my kids did, uh, no, the creative arts department. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, <laughs> did a video that I just loved a bit because it showed us something extraordinary. How one person went down into the dominion, Satan's own dominion, and beat everything up, including him. And then came up and said, all power, all authority has been given to me. Do you know it wasn't, the devil didn't come and say, oh Jesus, oh you're so amazing and everything, here's the authority. He, that would never happen, you all know that, right? Do you know anything and everything that he, it says he spoiled, he beat up. I mean, he humiliated the principalities and powers. You need to look up those words in, in, the, in the original text. That was a fight, he won. He took it by conquest and then handed it to us. That's who you belong to. That's who lives in you. And that's why it is so sad that we are not walking in a greater power, in a greater authority, and also provision and health and peace and joy and everything else that goes with it. We should be the happiest, calmest. <laughs> sort of stressed out all the time. Bless people. Moving on. I caught up. What has it got? Five minutes or something? All right. <laughs> this is not my fault, okay? <laughs> God give me new revelation. That's where we go. All right. <laughs> In fact, we finish with 1 John 5 4, where it says, the Apostle John writing says, For whatsoever is born of God. Are you born of God? Say yes. Okay. <laughs> 
whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. He didn't say some of them do. He said anything that is born of God overcomes the world. And he says this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Did you get that? It's our faith that overcomes. Even though we've already been made more than conquerors, if we don't exercise our faith, it'll never happen. That's why I said my one job is to get you to the place where you are believing. I need to give you enough to get you to that place. But there are some things that only you can do for yourself, family. Amen. That You need a revelation of this. As much as I, you know, I can preach my God's side out here, but if you don't get a revelation of this, it will never work. I'm just letting you know. And that's, the reason I'm saying this is for one reason as well. Well, several reasons, but this is one of the major reasons. Don't look at somebody else's life that you thought was a really strong Christian, and they failed in some area, and then you base your faith on their failure or success. Listen, man, this is about you and God. You're not going to get up to heaven and say, oh, well, Sister Verity tried that and she failed. And I know how amazing she is. So, you know, what's the point in me ever trying? God, she'll succeed, by the way, (laughs) which is the reason why I use her. But the thing is, see, we can't do stuff like that. God won't say, oh, really? She didn't make, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's not the response you're going to get. He's going to say, I said to you. I didn't say to her. I said to you. But things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. You'll have them. Did you believe? Well, yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Okay, moving on. In fact, that's what we're getting to. (laughs) Let's go to Mark 11, 23 and 24. I I really need to deal with these scriptures very quickly. Because they are at the heart of all of this. Listen, as you begin to receive revelation... Then you need to do what Jesus said in Mark 11, 23 and 24. These are two very powerful scriptures. There were things that, you know, every so often, Jesus would say something that is extraordinary. Something that would be just a life-changing thing. I love everything that he says. But there are some things that are keys that get everything started. Are you all with me? Amen. And then everything else begins to make sense. And I want you to notice this is one of those keys he gives us. If we were to read in the verses previous, we would find that he cursed a fig tree. We would find he was hungry. It didn't have any fruit on it. And it was a a representation of Israel not bearing any fruit, by the way, and what he was going to do and what was coming to them, sadly. And so, but let's leave all that alone. But the thing is, he comes to it. He curses it. The next, nothing happens to it until the next day. The next day, it be, you know, Pete, I can just imagine Pete <laughs> talking to everybody else and say, was it just me or did he talk to that fig tree? And all those other disciples going, man, we left paying jobs to follow this nutball. <laughs> Come on now. I know they were, you all think they were all holy and, <laughs> and Jesus, oh, Jesus talking to trees. Oh, we're good with that. Are you kidding me? These are, you know, Matthew, tax collector, you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know about this, man. I think I'll just go back to ripping people off, you know, or whatever, okay? But I love Matthew, sorry. Do you know why Matthew turned? Because he saw in Jesus no hypocrisy. He'd seen hypocrisy in all the other religious leaders, and one came along and who did things and whose life matched what he said. Hello? Amen? And he saw a true, he saw literally the true God. I mean, if that guy could, anyway, 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 I love Matthew. Okay, getting back to this. <laughs> so Pete runs over there first thing in the morning. You know, I'm sure they had discussions that night. Pete runs over, finds that the fig tree is dried up from the roots. 
And he says, wow, this is incredible. And then Jesus does something really interesting. Instead of, you know, turning around going, that's right, boys, that's me. <sighs> Who doubted? Who? <laughs> okay. He didn't do any of those things. See, isn't Jesus amazing? He isn't challenging. He turns around and does something very interesting. He says, have faith in God. Or the literal translation has two things actually built into that phrase. And that is have faith in God and have the faith of God. Both things are said in there, by the way. People have been fighting about which one is it. It's both. How do we know? Because the next two verses prove it out. The faith of God is when you begin to believe, when you begin to meditate. Joshua 1.8 is the faith of God at work. You begin to believe and it says you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. You will begin to work things out. And in fact, things will start to light. See, there are certain things. If I threw a ball up, how many of you all know it's going to come back down? Who doesn't think it's going to come back down? Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> I had a problem there. Not everybody nodded. Okay, so <laughs> that's a law. Do you understand there are laws? Okay, so if I throw a ball up, it will come down. That's the law of gravity. Th there's something called a law of lift, by the way. If I stuck a little engine on that ball and stuck wings on it and threw it up, then I don't know whether it's going to come back down. Be <laughs> because I've done something to that to counteract the law of gravity now. It's called the law of lift, and it will begin to work as well. But let's not go there. Okay, see, well, let's go there for a minute. See, in the natural, throwing a ball up will make it come back down, so to speak. Okay? This is a very cool ball I'm talking about. <laughs> if you're thinking, I can't see a ball flying, just chill out. I'm using an example here. Okay? But, <laughs> you know, one of those sci-fi balls. Okay? All right. So, but I, I want to make a point here. And that is the thing is in our mind, and this is what we need to change, family, by the renewing of your mind. That's where the transformation takes place. When you renew your mind, you begin to understand that there is something more to you than what you see in the mirror now. Do you understand? And so Jesus gets to this place where he says, he turns around to his disciples and says, have faith in God, have the faith of God. And then he begins to say, verse 23, he says, for verily, that's, that means truly, he says, I'm not lying to you. Okay, he says, for verily, I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Who's saying this? Not God, you. He said, for whosoever shall say to this mountain. And I want you to notice it didn't say for whosoever disciple or do whosoever minister of God shall say to this mountain. It said whosoever. Because he's going to tell us what that whosoever person needs to do. Okay? He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart or his her or her heart. Okay? But shall believe those things which he or she says shall come to pass. He or she shall have whatever he or she says. Right. I want you to notice this now. He says, see, this is the faith of God. Watch now. Because this is about what you say, what you believe, and what you receive. Did you get all of that? Now wait for faith in God. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what th whatsoever things you desire, notice he didn't say whatever you absolutely need. Okay, if you don't absolutely need it, don't come. He said, whatever you desire. Wow, I think that is very powerful. He says, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, who do you pray to? Please don't pray to yourself. 
Who do you pray to? It's God. That's the right answer, okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm not asking you a trick question, okay? But I want you to know this. The first one is about whosoever shall say unto this mountain and will not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. This one is what thing, whatsoever things you, you know, when you pray, whatever you desire, when you pray, when you are talking to God, believe that you receive them from Him and you will have them. Do you see faith in God and faith of God now? See, both of those things are in there. So Jesus taught a lesson that, that actually covered both things. I think that's extraordinary. For those of you, okay, are you listening? This is, this is important. For those of you that haven't got to the place of, of having faith, the faith of God, listen to me, please. You will never get to the place where you don't need God, ever. I don't care how much faith you have. Can I, can I say that? Okay. Having established that, okay, I'm saying this to you now, that if you are in a place where you are not in, you know, in a position to have the faith of God to move the mountains in your life, then you can have faith in God. When you pray, believe that you receive them. Understand that God's listening out. Understand that God loves you. Understand that everything comes by because of his love for you. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. Did you hear me? See, don't just make it the world and you're just a part of it. You're not. He loved you. He saw you. He died for you. You need to get this. Everything is based on relationship and on love. You never get to a place where you have faith apart from God. Did you get that? See, even in our faith, in, in believing and receiving, we know that God's there. God's backing us. Amen. And whatever is coming against us that we can't see, He will take care of it. Let me use a very quick example. It's, it's kind of like learning to ride a bike. When you first start, you know, your, your parents got the hand on the bike and just holding on to you, and you keep looking back and go, oh, yeah, it's still there. Yep, still there, <laughs> okay? But there's a time they'll let you go, but they're still there. Even though they've let you go, they're still there. You know if anything happens, they're there to catch you. But there's a point in time that they'll say, you're good to do this. Go for it because God is growing us up. Amen? All right. The reason that this doesn't work for most people, let's go down that road for just a moment. How much time do you have left? Quickly. Thank you. Oh, really? Okay. We'll go down this road very quickly. Okay. <laughs> the reason that this doesn't work for most people is that they don't believe what they say will come to pass. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. This is a thing, family. And that, I'm talking about me too. There are some things that I haven't reached yet. I haven't got to the place where I can believe certain things. But the thing is, if you, it's like a muscle in your body. If you don't exercise it, it'll never grow. You know, start with something non-life-threatening. <laughs> okay, okay, don't wait till you get something really bad to see, okay, maybe we'll lose faith now. This is a bad time to try to do that. This is a time to call everybody you know and get them to pray. With you. For you. Whatever it takes, okay? And then after that, start working on it. You know when a bus falls on you, is not the time to start, you know, thinking maybe I should lift a few weights. It's too late. You need other people to come and get the thing off of you. Once you do that, go hit the gym after that, okay? Let's do a few weights. The next time, you know, maybe you can have some kind of control over the thing. Anyway, 
So I've said here again that the reason this doesn't work for most, most people is that they don't believe what they say will come to pass. They say and pray and then hope that it comes to pass. They think that they have faith, but in fact, all they have is hope. And as wonderful as hope is, without faith, it has no substance to it. Did you hear me? Remember what Hebrews 11.1 1 said? Now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. When your hope has substance, you have faith. When your hope has no substance, you don't have faith. Now I like something that Pastor Verity shared with me. And notice it also goes to say it is evidence. The evidence of things not seen. Can I just say this very quickly? I know Pastor Verity used this example and I pray that she'll... Uh, share it with you as well. But, you know, she saw this. The Lord gave her a little picture, I believe. Yes. Okay. And it was a seed. She saw faith as a seed. And if you plant it, it will begin to grow. And all of us begin with a measure of faith. God gives us a measure of faith. What did you do with your seed? Did you throw it in the concrete or did you plant the thing? You know, a lot of us don't know what to do with it. Some of us eat it. This looks like a tasty bean. <laughs> you know? Don't eat your, you know, don't eat your seeds, man. Plant them, because you can get a crop from it and go from there. I'm serious. I'm just letting you know. Okay. I want you to notice that for your faith to, you know, for in order for the mountain to move, you need to understand this principle about faith. If you don't have substance on the inside of you, I've said this before. If you don't have a knowing on the inside of you. When you are speaking something out that is going to work, if you are speaking and thinking, well, pastor said I should say something, so I'll go say something, don't, don't, please don't do that. You're going to get in trouble, then I'm going to get in trouble. Okay, what you need to do is <laughs> you need to go and you need to see what Jesus said. You need to see what God said. You need to internalize that. You need it to be a word from him to you directly. And then out of the abundance of the heart, you need to speak. When you can't keep it down anymore, then when it's, when it's ready to come out in that way, it's ready. And then look out circumstances because they're about to change. You all with me? But until you get to that place, don't, don't, I told you, don't try this. You do this. Amen? All right. I've said here, don't ever be discouraged by the lack of results. Just like every muscle in your body, it takes time to develop. All you need to do is spend more time listening to and meditating on God's word. And as you do, remember Romans 10, 17 assures us, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith will come. See, if you don't have faith, don't go, well, I don't have faith. I'm just going to walk off. <laughs> don't do that. Okay? There is a way that you can get faith. Did you hear that? Faith comes. Faith comes. Faith always comes when you're listening, when you're doing any of the things I've taught you about speaking it under your breath. Whenever you meditate on God's word, faith will come. It will begin to solidify on the inside of you. All right. So, and I've said here, when this substance comes, the verse that I spoke to you before was Luke 6.45. I've said here, when it does, you will not be able to keep it in. In fact, Jesus himself says in the latter half of Luke 6.45, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And that's her as well. Amen. In other words, once you have developed substance in the Spirit, you can't help but release it through your words. And then according to Jesus himself, you shall have whatever you say and whatever you pray. Amen? And as to what you can believe for, i just got to give you these scriptures very quickly. Just write the references down. 2 Peter 1.3 says as his this is again 2 Peter 1.3, as his divine power has given to us all things. What has it given to us? All things that pertain to life and godliness. That's your natural life and your spiritual life, your life in God. 
That's what life and godliness means, by the way, okay? He says that has, um, let me read again. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And he keeps going, and I'm going to stop there. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Quickly go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. He's, uh, the apostle Paul is writing here, and he says, therefore, so Peter was before, now we're seeing Paul saying the same thing. He says, therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Did you get that? All things are yours. Man, everything here belongs to you. I'm going to give you a scripture to show you this. All right, verse 22, and he says, whether Paul or Apollos, now he's changing subject here for a minute, or Cephas, or the world, life or death, or things present or things to come, all are yours. Whatever it is, whether it's all things or all full stop, they're all yours. See, we need to get to this place where we begin to believe this. Now, where is all of this backed up in? In Romans chapter 8. While you're turning there, let me just give you Proverbs 13, 22, because I've run out of time, all right? Okay. He says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children, uh, children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Everything is yours. Everything that the sinner has, every, everything that people have out there actually has your name on it. Don't get greedy. <laughs> okay? I was almost going to go down the road of no man can serve two masters. Can you just remember that? Okay. That's, I believe that's Matthew 6.24. Anyway, so <clears throat> in Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, I'll finish with this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That is a tremendous truth right there. Okay, but watch what he goes and say. And if children, then heirs. I'm in verse 17, Romans 8.17. And he says, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If needed, we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Listen, the way you suffer with Christ is that you are crucified with him. This is Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, you live. Not, not you, but Christ lives in you. See, when you receive him as Lord, then you receive everything he did for you. That's why you don't have to go there. You don't have to do that. He did that on your behalf. Are you all getting this? Amen? And notice that he says... That we are not only children of God, but we are heirs of God. I think that is tremendous. Do you think everything belongs to God? Can I get a yes? Okay. All right. Okay. At the end of the day, it all belongs to him, okay? If you're heirs of God, if you're heir to that, then it's all yours as well. Did you hear that? Now, he'll determine and he'll decide on what you can receive. Because we understand something that, that prosperity will destroy a fool. Amen. So until you get the wisdom to handle it, you're not going to receive it. But understand, once you have that wisdom, then there's nothing to stop you from receiving it. Unless somebody told you you're not meant to have it. I'm telling you, that was wrong. Are you all here? Amen. So remember again, even though we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, and all things are ours, the only way that we can receive it all is through the process of meditation, revelation, and declaration. Did you get that? Amen? Meditation, revelation, declaration. It is the way you turn knowledge into power, the power to change things and bring about anything in your life. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father.